Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the Week of the Chocolates uh, podcast. This is episode nine. Uh, the reason we're laughing already is because we've already done this intro once before. We just weren't recording, uh, so that was a great <laughs> practice round. Um, after the lofty Don't standards of uh, of having guests here for the last couple of weeks, we're just back to the three of us, boys. Not even Eloise this week, which is weird to do it without her. Um, so well, we've got Baze obviously in for another guest appearance. Baze, Leroy, welcome, Leroy Jenkins, Skinnerd. Basil, how are you? Yeah, strong. Mate. Strong is that? Is that? Three guest appearances on the trot, Gibbs. Three. That's what's known as a hat trick in the industry. <laughs> that's well, bold, bold Sidzy. <laughs> on his <laughs> birthday. Oh, damn it, we got to play that later. Better with Titanic music though. <laughs> oh, 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 so can we get that yeah, for me? Yeah, yeah, just for you. Yeah. Just for when you have a guest appearance, Gibbs. Oh. You're actually striking pretty well. I think you're at about 95 percent. Uh, Love it. Appearance rating here. Boys, uh, we've got Skin, obviously. He'll bring us another Skin Stat segment uh, at some point. Um, but in addition to that, we've got a little bit of feedback um, on the greeting story that I told weeks ago. Boys, we, you know how we love to get, obviously, our, our listeners involved. And, and some people have taken the time to write messages and uh, slide into our DMs and, and whatever cool. it might be. So... Uh, so we will get them involved in that. Uh, we've got a Twitter hero of the week. We've got some overused sporting bud fra- buzz phrases. Sorry, we've gotten a massive wrap up from the third test. Everything cricket related. Uh, a little bit of NRL, although we're on our own for that. No Brad or has. Uh, so we've lost a little bit of brain power there. We'll have an AFL wrap as we head into uh, the final series, which the Lions feature in, boys. Uh, we'll have the social sin bin. Um, and a massive AFL fantasy piece of news as well uh, for the podcast, boys. Um, big night. Obviously, we are probably behind schedule. Bayes had a little anatomy exam that he had to get through, so we're a night behind. We're 10.30 on a Tuesday here, so it's uh, not our standard time, but Bayes, you've got the exam out of the way. So Nailed it, boys. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a load off the mind, which is great. Oh, fantastic. Um, All right, boys, well, let's get started then so we get to bed before midnight, I guess. Um, So you you will remember, boys, uh, that the story I told about the uh, greeting, about the sort of hug versus kiss on the cheek versus handshake Mm. scenario. You remember that one from a few weeks ago? Um, Good. I've actually got a... uh, a a piece of feedback here, which I think really helped. So I thought everyone needed to hear about. Um, this is from Adam. 
a great listener of the shows, tuned in for all nine episodes, um, except for the one Baisley missed, big Bays fan. Um, <laughs> so uh, he writes back, boys, via Instagram like this. He says, I'd also like to offer some insight on the handshake slash kiss dilemma. I think providing the recipient with early visual cues is an important ingredient for greeting success. This is made easier with the hug by exaggerating your extended arms from a distance prior to contact. <laughs> But it can also be achieved with a wide swinging right for a handshake. Alternatively, similar to when you trip on your own feet and turn it into a sexy dance, your situation could have been saved when your attempted handshake was thwarted, thwarted? Thwarted. Yeah. <laughs> by, by being pulled in for a kiss. You should have doubled down by continuing to hold the hand as, as the kiss ends, spin the lady and then pull her in again before dipping her and kissing the other cheek. Shit. Now who's feeling awkward? Not you, because suddenly you're the man. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Mm. No, we, so yeah. we do. We do. Adam, we what do. a man! No, we do thank Adam. An experienced that, um, man. Surely, yeah. surely, experience yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah, he would not struggle. Like the same he's thing. Now, obviously, gone, gone very well over. Good uh, looking rooster, isn't he? He's a great looking rooster. He hasn't aged a day in the last ten years, I think. So no, that probably helps. So I'm sure that most ladies are fine with him giving them the double dip dirty dancing scenario <laughs> <laughs> he's just described there that's for sure swinging uh, right his message <laughs> we're talking about swinging right maybe not later, the swinging right Adam uh, yeah. I'm not sure about the swinging right. right that's uh, probably not something we stand for here on the week of the Joggers podcast yeah. um uh, that that sort of message was that was quite in depth, obviously, and very well written. He's a bit of a linguist, uh, old Adam. Um, there was also summarised by Dana, uh, so a little bit of a female perspective uh, to come from a listener here. Oh, yeah. um, and she just summarised it simply with handshake equals friend zone, hug equals safe option, friendly but not over the top. Very fair. Very there you fair. Go. So yeah, take that. So no need to wait. Take that. No need to doubt ourselves in future. Well, you two didn't really doubt yourself. That was yeah, no, I was going relation right. to me actually. Um, well, skin, you never get out of the house. So you very know, fair. You really do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty easy. <laughs> I hate beating someone new. The skin does Yeah, but uh, so that's not an issue for you, really, is it, skin? Yeah, no. I found the simple solution as always. Mm. Just stay down. <laughs> <laughs> No shake, no <laughs> hug. <laughs> shake, no hug. Also vegan, so no milkshakes. Oh, either. the only thing you're shaking is your... Easy, mate. Guys, it is 10.40 <laughs> at night, but the people still listen during yeah, the day. So, so. Yeah, the G-rated podcast. Yeah, let's yeah, <laughs> say, though, Skinner, if you shake it twice... <laughs> Move on to the next topic. All right, oh, here's Skinner. Here it is. Um, okay, so boys, we are going to move on to our Twitter hero of the week, uh, and probably of the week is a stretch because I got uh, we got tagged in this. Sorry, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it's important story. And again, we love the fact that listeners are happy to help us out with the uh, making of this particular podcast. So therefore, it needs to be spoken about. Our Twitter hero of the week, boys, um, this is something I was tagged in. Kim Pierce is a 62-year-old bricklayer from Adelaide. I'm hoping I did forward this on to you, so I'm hoping you might have seen it. Um, yeah, no, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. He's got skin that looks like a uh, leather wallet. It's Sharon. Uh, yeah, he literally looks like a Sharon. And <laughs> funnily enough, um, he has played 800 games of football. Um, 800 games of footy for his club, which is a magnificent effort, I would say. <laughs> One club? Eight, yeah, apparently. Wow. From all reports, 800 games of footy. 62-year-old still has a run. On Saturday in the Div Two reserves, oh, <laughs> get him to the Bombers, please. That's that's, that's uh, heroic status. That's ridiculous. That's very I, good. I reckon I've played what fifty games. Have I? Have I played fifty? Oh, I feel lucky. 
played 48. Might be yeah. stranded on 48 grand final this weekend. I played grand two, final this weekend, though. two seasons, so that's maybe 30 games. Uh, yeah. Puts my skills into perspective that I'm playing the same comp as a 62-year-old bloke. Mm. That's concerning. To be fair, he's had a fair bit of practice over oh, 800 yeah. games. It's <laughs> 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 probably kicked a few <laughs> drop punts. Probably got a better leg stage. But uh, Kim, uh, hats off, mate. That is a magnificent effort. 800 games. Uh, we can only dream of those numbers. I woke up on uh, Sunday morning after my 47th game and felt horrific and may not recover for this week. Um, but I'll have to get up for the grand final, obviously. Question. Um, very good. Boys, we're going on to... This segment had uh, had raging success, actually, the first time uh, that we did it. The And Hazlitt was on the show uh, at that stage. Um, so we are moving on to our overused sporting bud f- buzz phrases. Bud phrases. Um, our buzz phrases. Uh, and I've got a couple to bring to you and, and I'm hoping that you guys have probably come across some as well. I guess the benefit of us actually playing sport is that we do get to hear lots of these. Uh, it's quite funny. Since I, um, since I told like the play our game, play our brand story, boys, it's been used even more, honestly. I think I've become aware of it now. Like once you're aware yeah. of something, then I feel like you hear it all uh, the time. Yes. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. It's like when one of the uh, listeners wrote an email to us saying that um, – if they had a what was it? If they had a sip of beer for every time we said obviously, <laughs> that they'd be absolutely plastered or something. So I think once you notice something like that, uh, you just continue yeah, <laughs> to, just to be aware of it all the time. So honestly, once, Luther, once you notice the golden arches, they seem to pop up quite <laughs> regularly on a Saturday night. Especially if you're in Sydney, guys, just twist his arm. arm. They, have, they twist your arm on a Saturday. Honestly, you're literally losing money not going there with the loose change menu. Yeah, Two dollars uh, a hash brown though. <laughs> That was stiff. They were actually the most expensive hash browns ever. Yeah, the cost of living in Sydney is outrageous. Yeah. You can't get a hash brown for a dollar. Nah, that is ludicrous. Um, Yes, so guys, uh, I've noticed the brand of footy. We've played our brand of footy at least eight times a quarter now, I've noticed, um, which has been fantastic. And and every time I'd look around and other boys are laughing as well because they've obviously listened to a podcast. Why wouldn't you? Like, they're not idiots. Um, So they obviously tune in. Um, and they actually find it quite amusing as well. Uh, but, boys, I've got, I've got a couple other ones from our uh, cricket trial game on the weekend. I've noticed that this one's crept into our game of cricket, obviously, uh, and, and at all levels, I would suggest. This one seems to be very, very popular, and I'm not sure where it came from. Uh, but I walked out to bat and said, what's he like, mate, this bowler? Decent or not like as in, is he fast? And he goes, oh, no, 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 he's not fast. He just bowls a heavy ball. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, he doesn't. I'd suggest a similar weight to everyone else. And I was like, but well, what do you mean? Like heavy ball, what does that mean? He's like, oh, well, it's a bit just, wet. It gets <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit heavier, <laughs> mate. He left it out in the rain. <laughs> he said, this the is what he said, no, no, no. Like it just gets on the earth a bit quicker than you expect. Uh, so he's fast. So he's fast. <laughs> so he's quick. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't understand that phrase. Um, and boys, the other one that I've noticed so much here, and this is at our level, it's also at like an AFL level. I know you guys would be across the fact that Ross Lyons been sacked from Fremantle. I read an article saying that uh, there was a toxic culture at training. Toxic culture, I've noticed heaps in our cricket club is a real buzzword around yeah. improving our culture what do we want our culture to be what do we stand for in our culture um boys what what do we think like what are we actually talking about like with that because yeah. i feel like culture like is defined as like the ideas the customs like the 
social behavior of a particular bunch of people (laughs) and i'm not sure that we really qualify as that as like a a sporting club um i just feel like like sometimes we use culture as like a synonym for don't be an idiot essentially yeah yep that's fair fair. (laughs) Uh, like we sort of just disguise like that guy's like you know a bit of a fool oh it's probably a poor culture at our club yeah. People, that, with you. And it's people that win have a winning culture. There's a winning culture. There's a losing culture. You do everything. You just put culture on the end. We've got a culture of buying plenty of toasties from the canteen. Like, yeah, shucks. That's guilty down at the target list. <laughs> <laughs> Good toasties. Inflation's got us though, unfortunately. Um, boys, what uh, what else do we have? What are other ones that we've boys, come across? I got one for you. Right. Um, an AFL coach actually. It's just it's just one of the most buzziest phrases you'll hear. <laughs> Um, in a presser he's gone yeah it was a tough game today real tough game um i think yeah honestly mate it was a game that it could have gone either way yeah (laughs) chance two teams playing mate uh either way mostly yeah it's gonna go either way mate absolutely what if it's a tie? then it couldn't have gone either way very rarely, but it could have been a tie. It's it one of those games that could have landed smack in the middle, <laughs> not, not gone either way. <laughs> oh, that's magnificent, Baz. Um, skittled, skittled, you come across any uh, this week, you reckon, or in the last couple of weeks since we did this? Uh, nope, but you've just pointed me in the direction of one percentage. Is that... I think the one percenters for you would have been to look at the sheet before. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, printed uh, this yeah, four and a half minutes ago for me. Uh, Skinner, what's a one percenter so to you, yeah, mate? What is a one percenter, Skinner? What is a one percenter? Oh, yeah, well, I guess that's the problem with the buzz phrase. I could not tell you what a one percenter is. <laughs> I definitely don't know what a one percenter is. Being we, on time? We, well, we won on the weekend because we did the one percenters, but I wasn't on time. <laughs> so... What are the one percenters? Well, I don't know. We still won. I don't know. But I would but you're saying that that you did the one percenters, or what are the one percenters? Well, that's we got told we did the one percenters, and we played <laughs> our brand of footy. Oh, we played our brand. And it was and a we great the culture in the day. It was a great culture. And no one's sure what but they did differently. Nah, no, no one has a clue. They just we got pumped the week before, so obviously we had a poor culture then, and no one did the one percenters. We were doing the half a percenters. What are the ninety nine percenters that <laughs> yeah, make it a hundred percent? The ninety nine percent is kicking more goals than the other team, and the one percent is everything else. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's fair. So if, if you're like selling candy on the boundary and you go check side on your wrong foot and kick a goal, like that's not a one percenter. <laughs> that's a game changing no, special effort. Yeah, that's right. So the that's one like percenter might have been practicing that during the week though. Ooh, yeah. One percent is getting the training, is it? Oh uh, yeah. That, is that one percent? That's a one percent. Maybe that comes into the little things, too. isn't yeah. it? The little oh, things skilled. that now we're getting confused, and there's that many buzz phrases just going together here, hand in hand. This is true. I don't think we're going to come up with an answer here. That's yeah, that's pretty no. good. No, we're going to cricket boys. We're just going to carry on taking the piss Get out of it, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah, we got it. Moving us on. Sorry. Early doors. That's fine. I'll um. Get us the little uh, Peter Siddle hat trick, Oh, we do need to, don't we? Where's that? Yeah, that's true. I've actually cooked that. But no, I, um, no DJ no, no, Bravo no, champion. Just give me champion. a second. Yeah, no. I'll just take the microphone for a second. I'm just going to play that. No, lethal with the wrong intro once again. Uh, here he goes. Skin of- oh, we're back. Peter Siddle's got a hat trick on his birthday. Champion, 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 champion. Oh, 
Jeez, Beautiful. boys, that was well worth it. That's yeah. great. I That's do great. like the champion song, but mm. oh, the champion that probably hasn't got the Titanic covered, has it? No, nah, nah. definitely not. <laughs> Sid Rose, well, Peter Sid Rose. Yeah, that's very fair, very fair. But that was a um, great build-up for that. Thanks for reminding me, Baz. You've really lifted here, actually. No dramas at fantastic. all. Fantastic. Um, boys, we're still probably, I mean, it's, it's probably a good thing that we're doing this podcast sort of uh, a couple of days in arrears of, uh, of where we usually do it because I, I genuinely think that we've probably still been trying to process exactly what happened um, in that particular game uh, of cricket, the, the, uh, the third test there. Where do we start? It's an amazing performance from Ben Stokes. Mm-hmm. We don't generally like to Unbelievable talk about game. Mm-hmm. I think it really could have gone either way. <laughs> <laughs> ben Stokes honest, to the one percenters hitting three consecutive sixes off and over. <laughs> Out of the rough. <laughs> a serious game. Uh, Lethal, a, wasn't it? That's a brilliant game uh, of test cricket. Like, and we said that before. I think we said that on the last podcast that anyone who says test cricket is... Yeah. is uh, dying or being extinguished. And I think, you know, that's probably two games in a row now that we can show them and go, <laughs> you're just yeah, wrong. It's <laughs> just wrong. not yeah. correct. And, and deep down, I'm probably actually kind of excited that the series is 1-1, like, you know, with two to go. Mm. Makes for an absolute cracking series. It does. It's set up. How do you think, though, Basin, I'm sure we'll get more into this, but how, how do you think that Australia will respond now, I guess, given that, you know, certainly cricket games that we've played in and, and we've seen plenty obviously watching them as well as Nuffies. Um, you know, you get a team nine down with 75 runs to win. You sort of just think, like, well, it's going to happen. Like, you're just you're winning that game. Um, there's no number 11 in the world that's lasting for that long. Um, and the truth is you, you are actually winning it eight times out of ten at least. Mm. Correct. You know, exactly. nine times out of ten. So yeah. it obviously takes a special performance from Stokes and some missed half chances from the Aussies. Oh, and yeah. like maybe b- besides affecting that run out that was maybe more than a half chance, the other one's probably half chances and you take them or you don't. Like that's Yeah, that's, that's right. And I mean that and that's not to take away from the brilliance of No, we definitely want to take well. it. Yeah, that was freakish. The way that extraordinary are. innings. Yeah, that's a ridiculous innings. I mean some are playing special innings. Some are playing saying the best test innings of all time, like when, and people that are more qualified than us, people that are watched a lot more cricket yeah. than us, are, are, are happy to sort of. I know that uh, there was a Sri Lankan batsman I remember yeah, I was gonna say. Um, that played like a similar innings against South Africa, oh, actually yeah. not even that long ago. Quite was it, who was that? It's, was that? Not sure. Carrera or something like that. Carrera Ratney um, or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Give us a hand to try and look back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he, he played quite, quite a similar, quite a similar innings. But um, I guess on like the stage of the fact that you know the Ashes probably, you know, what, well, I saw some video of uh, India was obviously playing a Test match at the same time, and they were actually like there was footage of them Virat Kohli in the players' box watching the Ashes. Really? Uh, so I think it was definitely like a sporting yeah. spectacle that yeah, that it was it was pretty cool. It was pretty special. I mean, if the if England go on to win the series, then it's it's definitely the turning point. Yeah. And, and to answer your question, Lee, I think it's actually going to be pretty hard for the Aussies to bounce back. Mm. Like that is a massive momentum swing, yeah, and a very emotionally draining kind of experience, isn't it? Playing, you know, best the best cricket of the Test match, probably bowling them out for sixty-seven. Yeah, for you yeah. know, then driving and controlling the Test match, and then. Yeah, being emotionally cooked and kind of shocked and all those different, you know, you know what it's like. 
Yeah, that's when right. When you play those games, well, they play those games and we get off and we're like, what the heck did How happened? did we lose that? Well, I mean, that's yeah. essentially losing the unlosable, isn't it? Really, like as close yeah. to as you were thinking. Yeah, it's just like, how did that happen? Um, it takes definitely takes mental toughness to, to bounce back. And, I mean, England have definitely got the momentum. So it's it's going to take some, some yeah, belief. Um, but they got to believe that they're going to continue to play the cricket they, that have got them into a position to basically win every test match so far. That's right, yeah. And uh, boys, we put to our Instagram followers and our listeners uh, in terms of the, I guess, selections that must be made. I mean, Steve Smith comes back in. We talked about the fact that he's probably the best batter in the world. So uh, he definitely comes back in for next test. We we sort of put it out there saying initially that the, the two big ones that people probably thought were Kawaja. There's talk of Kawaja getting dropped. Um, and then obviously Wade, I guess, would be the other person that, that people would say sort of last man in, first man out type of situation. Um, well, that's not particularly necessarily true because Manus was the last man in, but he's... Uh, Harris. He's far from the yeah, first Harris, man out yeah. now. Yeah, but that's right. Harris played the home series, I guess, but, um, back here yeah, in Australia, so... Um, but yeah, you, you're probably right. There's been plenty of changes already. But Manus, I mean, for us, Manus has to stay. Oh, no, um, for anyone. Yeah, and, it's for, and for most people, I think there's not too many people out there saying get rid of Manus. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen anyone that just. I think it, I think it's going to be pretty obvious that he might even bat three. Yeah, like you're not taking Travis away. Are you at five? No, that's you're wrong. not taking Wade away at six unless. As that you would, said, that would if be they, a controversial selection decision. I think. Yeah, hundred two yeah. games ago. Yeah, that's right. And a decent thirty five in this game, like yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, Marnus can bat six if required, but it looks like he might bat at three because of the actual innings he's playing. Anyway, boys, mm. absolutely and beautiful well, Test cricket. What I liked uh, mo- most about it, boys, I think uh, we've actually written a song about Marnus this week, which we uh, which we probably won't. Um, showcase on the podcast but we will definitely release it as it's standalone uh, um, in, a, in a couple of days to give some more activity there but but I think the, as much as the song is obviously clearly a piss take as per usual um, standard practice, standard practice yeah. um, just keep remembering to speak yeah, in the mic yeah, desk um, when you've got something to say sorry Lethal yeah, I'm yeah. back that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we we probably what was most impressive about Manus, I think, for me, boys, we, we haven't had this chat, hence why we do the podcast. Um, but he he seemed to sort of come out with a game plan, with a plan, and for me, boys, like he was the only batsman that was happy to leave the ball go consistently outside off stump and go. People keep nicking it, so I'm not going to try and drive, and I'm just going to make them bowl straight to me uh, eventually. And picked them off then, and that's literally exactly what he did. And for for long periods of time, and and I don't think that the bowlers, because they see the ball swinging so much, I don't think that they're happy to be patient and just keep bowling hooping outies. They literally watch him leave two, and then go, "Well, it's time for ninny." And at one point, actually, the stump mic even picked up. <laughs> the Manus said, greedy, <laughs> as he hit it. Greedy. And someone bowled it. Greedy Stewart? He said, greedy Stewart. <laughs> um, and and that's, what, that's probably what There's I like truth most. To it. But it is true. It's, yeah. If you see those conditions and it's dark and, and you see the ball swinging that much, then you just feel like you should be taking wickets all the time. Yeah. And you go searching. And, and what I loved about how Manus batted is he was happy to go anything else at off on definitely leaving especially in that first innings it was impressive I mean that was chanceless his second innings he got 52 chances and then ran himself out but, <laughs> um, but, but his first innings was a clinic of batting yeah. 
Uh, and I thought that was impressive. You know, you look at that England innings and probably gets lost now because they've won the game. But getting bowled out for 67, there were probably six dismissals that were cover drives on the up, outside off or, or sort of wide balls that didn't necessarily need to be played at. Um, so in terms of Marnus's discipline, I thought he probably technically obviously very proficient and then the person that seemed to have the best game plan and seemed to be able to execute it. So I can't see how he would be dropped uh, for this next test, I think he needs to play, and I think the higher that he bats, the better, really. Correct. Um, so who who goes then, boys? We, we then got it down to essentially between Kawaja and Harris. That was the latest poll that we uh, that we put on Instagram, and and that ended up exactly fifty fifty. Did in it? Terms of, yeah, and I got a few. Well, we got a few messages, um, sort of saying this is what they would do, and and it was Harris out. Bad luck, Steph. He only got one test. Uh, Kawaja to open, and I guess with the Kawaja one, it's it's the fact that you know again. Class sort of prevails, I guess, when you're hoping that that class is always going to come back. And and Usman Khawaja has spent time as the best batter in our country. Yep. There's no question in, in multiple formats. So people are backing the fact that he he'll come back. Um, He's also opened before and been feeling yeah. and been comfortable. I think if you actually look at the tests, like none of our openers have scored runs any innings by Davies sixty. Yep. Therefore, you know that's. Probably obviously a, a blaring problem, and you get Harris in for one game, it's probably stiff. But maybe it's time to to keep the class of Aussie in a high pressure Test match and take him to the top where he's still comfortable. Yep. Um, and it might actually help him sharpen up a little bit more to to go. All right, this is the innings that we know Aussie's. You know, it's just around the corner for him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, uh, very fair. Um, and boys, I I did want to ask you, I guess, because. Plenty of questions have come up, uh, and probably a lot directed at Tim Payne uh, in the days since the since obviously the, the sort of oh the meltdown I guess of us losing that that third test. <laughs> I'm struggling for other ways to describe it, uh, but I guess the biggest issue for Tim Payne originally is that people were sort of already getting stuck into him about the fact that he's not scoring runs. Um, so you know that's that's probably one problem for him already i've, I've sort of made the comment it's, it's probably not a popular comment but i'm going to make it anyway um say that you know tim Payne was originally chosen because he's the best wicket keeper in australia and i don't think anyone would debate that he's he's a very very good wicket keeper he certainly keeps the best to nathan Lyon of any keeper in the country in terms of his work up to the stumps yep. um but boys he didn't keep well in the third game either uh the third test he you know all of david warner got a lot of credit for all of the catches that he was taking, um, but all of them were going to his left and they were all with Tim Payne going the wrong way. He just looks like his footwork is quite sluggish, that he's struggling to get the ball down leg side and that obviously the ball swinging after it passes the bat is sort of causing him grief as well. And, and I think it's, I mean, my theory would be that he's spending so much time batting uh, and so much time obviously stressing about the fact that he knows he needs to contribute and needs to score runs, plus the fact that he's captain, obviously, and, and probably has a millions and millions of off-field commitments. Um, I'm worried that it's sort of starting to take a, a toll on his performance as well. Um, any thoughts there? Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah, like he's a good batter and I think he is sco- he's definitely capable of scoring runs and contributing. So knowing, yeah, knowing him, I, I'm sure he, he is probably feeling the pressure of wanting to always contribute with the batting, knowing he can, um, but then not being able to show, show that kind of emotion being the captain and being and having to you know be responsible to lead the team every fielding performance and, and off the field as well so definitely yeah i definitely think he'll be feeling it but in terms of his captaincy i think his captaincy has been good yeah, he's gloved he's gloving i guess lee has 
you'd know. I wouldn't really know. Oh, but yeah, it needs to be a little bit, little bit cleaner. But yeah, in, in answer yeah. to your question, I definitely think he would be feeling a disappointed about the test, and b yeah, feeling like he he would like to be contributing a bit more. Yeah. Now, uh, boys, he doesn't really cop that. No, it's sort of my opinion. It's probably a bit rogue. It's it's not something that you read in the media or anything. But what you will read lots of in the media is, is certainly, I guess, the way that he handled uh, the game when they were nine down. Um, obviously, I think that people need to get some knowledge of cricket to understand that when you are nine down and you have a number 11 batsman at the other end that it's not uncommon practice to put everyone on the fence and give them a single so that you can bowl at the other bloke. Obviously now um, it seems like batsmen and particularly Stokes have become so good at actually guarding. So for the 75 runs that they needed, Leach only had to face 17 balls and scored one run off it. Um so Stokes guarded him so well, and I guess that was what was concerning. Is we, we kind of forced him into a way of, of playing the way that he did, slogging early in the oval, uh, getting hold of him, and then obviously later in the over he was still able to always get a single on sort of the fourth and fifth ball. And I guess that's what I was gonna wasn't gonna ask you. I I don't think any of us would do anything different at the at the start of the over. I definitely captain. Uh, plenty of times before and look back on games and gone that was the dumbest thing I could have possibly done in that situation um, but I don't think that Tim Payne would be looking back going we shouldn't have put fielders on the boundary but do you think that we would have some regrets about potentially maybe bringing more up for that for that fifth and sixth ball of the over and making sure that it was very hard for Stokes to sort of get off strike because we just did not get a full look at Leach at all not a full over we had only ever bowled to him with the fifth and sixth balls. Yeah, yeah, I think that would that would probably be. I don't know. I'm, I mean, yeah, that would be something that you would regret in hindsight, I guess. Um, certainly not a lot easier in hindsight to talk about it, but yeah, you would much, have liked to have much easier. Yeah, yeah. You would have liked to have a lot more of a crack at the number eleven batsman, and I mean, yeah, obviously there's the concern that Stokes is clearing the boundary when you got five blokes on the fence so there's a fair chance he'll do it when you bring everyone up as well but yeah it would have been it would have been nice to <laughs> yeah <laughs> would have been a good day difficult, difficult time to captain yeah. I mean, at one if point everyone comes up yeah. then stokes goes you know bang bang boundary but exactly yeah you know, then that's maybe a risk you take do you we go, sacrifice yeah, that like sacrifice five, yeah sacrifice. sacrifice eight runs to it to have a full over at leech like you yeah. probably do at some point there yeah yeah, no. It must um, be said also that by the end of that innings, you could have had fielders in the seventeenth row of the grandstand, yeah. and it still wasn't going to help. Yeah, like we it could still have is fifty-two. It fielders. still is a phenomenal performance. The it's fact really, that yeah. everyone is on the fence and they need <laughs> seventy to win is like I'm just going to clear them anyway. Yeah, yeah, clear sweep them with a and switch hit. And re- yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Reverse, so that was the all blokes on the boundary in your back yourself to switch hit over the top. So like he was. Yeah, like I also remember that he was like two off sixty at the start of his innings, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He was. He batted yeah. unbelievably yeah. through a really good spell of bowling so in order to be there the next day. So he's a world class player, and Boys, that's um, changing gears. That's I love through it. all gears. Yeah, you oh, can yeah. go neutral, digging a trench, two off sixty, and then switch it. This power mode, doesn't he? Oh, he's gone full he's got stick trick mode, straight the mode away, merged and gone. Yeah. And even before the two off sixty, there's bowling a twenty five over spell the day before. That's yeah, I just love the fact that he credited it to his knockoff now. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of Yorkie biscuit and raisins. 
couple of yorkie bars, biscuit and raisin. <laughs> a couple of coffees in the morning. Coffees in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. What a legend. What get a legend. Me, we'll actually get to raisin we'll right get to now. <laughs> midnight snack. Yeah, that's right. What a great. Oh, that was that. Phenomenal. Actually, actually, Phenomenal. one more point, Lethal. Yeah, hit I me. Think, um, I think Tim hit it on the head. Like he said, the bowlers probably went more defensive mode rather than actually continuing to attack. And I think that's probably a really good point that he probably would have looked at more. Yeah, that's Even, fair. you know, having the fielders out on the fence, but you're still, still bowling a bouncer, you're still bowling yeah. heavy hard length. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than just kind heavy. of... Heavy. <laughs> Sorry. Get them 150 Wet ball hard length. Yeah, like it. Take it um, 200 gram. Yeah, that's good. No, nah, you're up. Nah, um, right. and, and that's not a bad point from Tim. Uh, I got a bit rattled by this point from him, though, boys. I'm going to play this audio for you. Are you able to get that right? No, I'm, um, that's a hard one to take, I must admit. I think, yeah, I, I can't fathom why or how that wasn't given out at the time because England had two referrals out left. Um, and I think if it's given out, the correct decision's then made from upstairs. So uh, that's, that's okay, it happened. Now, boys, uh, my issue with that, and obviously we have I've saved this and we do need to talk about it, um, my issue with what he said there is that the umpires, it's not the umpire's responsibility to think about how many reviews each team has. Um, yeah. That shouldn't come into their decision-making whatsoever. They don't hear an appeal and go, oh, well, Australia's got no reviews and England has two, so I'll give him out because then England can save it. I mean, that that's a ludicrous <laughs> that thought not, process. Yeah. It makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like Joel Wilson might be thinking <laughs> that because he's like, maybe save him one or two. Yeah, well, that's true. When it's Joel, then probably. Jay Wilson. <laughs> it is worth thinking about. But, um, but boys, you, you cannot blame the fact that we've burnt an absolute stinker um, yeah, the exactly. over before yeah. on the on umpire. The now, we will get to the actual decision, and that's been the talk of the town, but it is not fair for Tim Bain to come out and say that the umpire should give a decision out yeah. based on the fact that they've burnt their reviews. No, yeah, that's no, yeah, that's not fair. And I think I, I, I almost sort of see where he's coming from, like his, his logic. I, I, I do find it baffling that you can have the technology to get... I know it's, it's debatable and Lethal's probably going to speak about this soon, but I, I find it baffling that you can have the technology to get the right decision every time and then we still end up with the wrong ones. Um, so I do find that strange and, uh, and that is one solution that Tim's come up with there. But just the way that the rule is, the way that the process currently is, you can't expect umpires to be considering how many reviews you've burnt and you shouldn't be rewarded for burning stinker reviews. Especially not that one. No, that was That was a genuine like... Pat yeah. Cummins didn't even appeal. Yeah, no, and you should be punished yeah. if you review that. Why would you review that? They reviewed it because, I'll tell you why they reviewed it, there was eight runs to go and they thought the game's over anyway. We're not getting another crack. We'll just have a Hail Mary here. Yeah, and that's not what it's designed for. It's designed yeah, for the no, howler. Exactly. So look, if yeah, if Tim wants... If Tim's frustrated that that we've got the technology to get the right, the right decision and we and we still aren't, then that would require the, the, process, the, the process to be totally changed. You can't ask umpires to suck changing the way that they make decisions no that's exactly right and uh and, and we're going to move on to that decision now boys because again i've come up with two unpopular positions tonight but i'll um, i'll go again um i'm not convinced that that OEW was as bad a decision as what everyone said as it is now we obviously uh we know that joel has struggled in the ashes test in the ashes series there's no question about that big joel wilson he's, he's had a tough time <laughs> um and he's 
you know, I, I could accept the fact that people come out and say, obviously, the umpiring standard is not great, etc. Uh, but I actually think that the DRS has done him an injustice there. Um, and I'm going to refer to Ben Stokes here. He's going to uh, he's going to start the argument, and then I'm going to come in as the second speaker. Listen I knew to this. It wasn't out. Um, against Jack Leach, now, I've seen the DRS on my big LBW shout, which obviously shows up three reds, um, but. DRS, I think, have, has got that rock completely wrong because it flicked my front pad first. Didn't spin, but somehow it's got it hitting the stomachs. But that obviously shows how crucial that making sure you use your reviews. Um, is. And he continues to go on. But the, the point that I, I want to highlight there, boys, is he's exactly right. If you have a look at that uh, particular review and you slow it down and you get the freeze frames and you have a look at it. Now, live, like people have debated because I came out live and said I wouldn't have given that out. Because I just think, like, with him falling to the leg side, his front leg going to the leg side, with how full the delivery was uh, and the fact that you're probably assuming when it's that full that it's not spinning, that it's sliding on, I honestly, like, straight away didn't think it was out. Now, yeah, sorry, excuse me. Nope, that was the end of my sentence. I said, yeah, no, I agree. It yeah. looked it, it, it looked like yeah, it didn't look out. It didn't look plum. put it that way. It didn't Certainly. look plum yeah, live, exactly. did it? No. Like it's not the one where you go, that is online. Like no, it, that's it was, right. His yeah. front pad was yeah. moving away from his body, going leg side at a rapid, yeah, exactly. and it was yep. real full. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm actually, yeah, I agree with you, Lethal. I think that the DRS actual Hawkeye of where it pitched and kind of straightened, it didn't look exactly like the actual no. ball in terms of the length. It was shorter yeah. than where it actually hit Ben Stokes quite full. That's right. And, and it actually looked like the contact of where it hit him on the pad was actually a little bit left of the where yeah. it landed. It, and then it kind of free mantle doctor. The just take <laughs> back on. The breeze has got breeze it. back on. Back in there. And it's hitting middle it's stump. It, did look, yeah. it no. didn't look con- like the same ball. They put it that way. No. Like... No. There's, there's no doubt it's close, boys. Oh, and it's, it's probably, probably clipping. clipping yeah. you know, and it, it might have spun a little bit. You know, ben yeah, yeah, it, didn't spin. it didn't spin. It probably spins. We can see that it straightens but a it little bit. More the, it's more the suspect you know, around like the fact that this doesn't look like the same. Yeah, Hawkeye had it <laughs> straightening more after the point of contact yeah, that's than right. after it hit <laughs> the deck. Exactly. Yeah, it does so not so make sense. It, it no, seemed to have maybe missed that kind of real... Full clipping of the front pad. That's onto what it's the done. Back. I think yeah, that exactly. it, DRS does not actually cater for the fact that that ball is deflected off his front pad. Two pads, yeah. two it's different then, impacts. It's then tracked the ball from his front pad as spin and then like tracked it to the middle stump yeah, somehow. Correct. It can't possibly have got back to the middle the stump. The technology it. Like, it can't, do can't that. be that good, can no, it? It's not checking that it's, you know, it got the impact point right, but then it's taken where the ball went after the impact and yeah, used that yeah, as yeah. the line of the DRS. That's the issue with it. Yeah. I do agree. Yeah, that is a, that's a good theory. I will just bring up one other theory. We just had a, a chat with Manu um, over the phone and he, he said that DRS can tend to just struggle with balls that full anyways, regardless of whether it hits both pads or what it does there, mm. um, just because it doesn't give enough room in between where the ball pitched and where it, where the point of contact was to sort of draw Correct. A, like, yeah, draw a trajectory in between those two points anyways. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a bit of a guess maybe, yeah. yeah it's And I'll, I just think, like I've heard people say, why don't we just review every decision? Like, should we just review every decision? Well, 
I don't think the Tiatos is that good. Like when you see examples like that, and we've seen other examples this series where genuinely the ball must have bounced like on a trampoline because it's gone that high <laughs> from so full. Mm. You're just like, that's not what's happening. I mm. just don't think the DRS is at the level that we can go, we'll review everything, take the umpires away and let the robots do it. Is yeah, it right. a level that, and then, um, is it at, at a level that we can still use it though, Lee, or do you reckon, or uh, uh, maybe not? Uh, oh, I thought the game was, I mean, no, okay, yeah, that's probably something that needs more thought. I I think that we can, use, I think it has made the game better yeah. if people use it correctly. Yeah, like yeah. it's there to rule out howlers. Yeah. Um, that's what I think, and I, I would probably. And you don't think that was a howler? Saying not at all. Joel Wilson saying that that's no. going down like that's I think not it's, a howler. It's probably one of the better decisions Joel Wilson's made in the <laughs> series. <laughs> He's made that's some absolute point. stinkers. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think that's a howler yeah. at all, and no, I think I that that's what DRS was was brought in for. You know, people like like when Warner in that first test left it, but it clipped the back of his bat, and it was so obvious of a deflection, but the umpire can't see it because it's behind his back. Yeah. DRS saves us then. Yeah, um, no, that's what it's for, not for Hail Mary plays and, and rogue-like borderline decisions, I don't think. Yeah, okay. And that um, probably helps helps Jolie out a little bit more because there have been plenty of LBWs he's given uh, that have then been overturned because they're, they're going high and your yeah. Yeah, your trampoline comment probably probably makes him feel a little bit better about himself because I didn't think they looked that bad. Like nah, I don't think he's been stiff, honestly. I, I would hate to be an umpire at the moment because oh, anything yeah. that goes to DRS, you're like, well, this could be anything. Like <laughs> in that same conversation with Manus, he was saying that Tim Payne doesn't think he hit his still, even after the review. Yeah. Uh, Pat Cummins definitely didn't hit his, but he got given out. So I'm just not convinced. And umpires must sit there and be baffled by it sometimes when it comes up on the big screen and you go, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. You've got to give him some sympathy. It's not the easiest so, job, I wouldn't think. No. Not, oh, well, we talked about that. I actually was an umpire for Fast track into the ashes. Um, <laughs> here we go, boys. Skin on. Time for this. Take it away, Skin. All right. Thank you, Lethal. Um, yeah, another busy week. On the stats for Skinnold. Um, although I actually thought I had a quiet one. I thought I didn't see any emails in the inbox. I thought I'd penciled myself in for a little week off, a little, <laughs> hot, little vacation. No, they don't have to be emails, Skinnold. Um, they come through Facebook, they come through Instagram. Yeah, no, and then le- yeah, Lethal's let me know that we, we had three questions through the Instagram messenger, which I have failed to check. So I've, it's been, uh, been a late night last night doing a bit of homework. Uh, at least it'll um, be early one tonight. Yep, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so starting us off, the first question, we've had some bloody, we've got some keen listeners out there, just people that have picked up on some some very good points that I, I Only the best would not have noticed. Yet. Only the best. Real high quality listening, well done guys. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the first question was, when was the last time that first and second place played in round, we're talking about the AFL here by the way, in round 22 of Thank the you. AFL and then again in round 23 with the example of Geelong versus the Lions in round 22 and then Lions versus Richmond in round 23. Oh, and Brilliant. Yeah, so that's so that's a keen observation. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have even noticed that, let alone thought about when the last time that happened was. Mm. Um, and he's, he's given us the saving grace of saying that he's, he's not fussed about percentage. Richmond were, were fourth on percentage, but they were tied second on points on the ladder. Mm. Um, and so, well, he's been, because we been so specific with first and second place and 22nd and 23rd round and the fact that we we don't care about percentage made 
man that I, I sort of just had to sieve back through the, the last few seasons um, as far back as I could possibly find and which was which was like 20 years worth of footy um, and and I found that the last time that happened was in two th- the only time I could find that that happened was in 2012 really um, yeah so let me 2012 who do we have yeah let me let me find me little notes okay um uh, after round 22, Sydney were in first place and Hawthorne, Adelaide and Collingwood were all tied in second place. And in round 22, Hawthorne and Sydney played, so first and second place played each other. Yep. Then in round 23, Hawthorne and Sydney were tied for first place after whatever the results were there. Yep. Um, Adelaide, Collingwood and West Coast had snuck up to be tied in second place after beating Collingwood in round 22. And in round 23, we had Hawthorne in first place versus West Coast in second place. So there you go. Brilliant. That is that's the only that is the one and only time I could find. Um, and just an FYI, Hawthorne ended up winning that game by 25 points, but got dusted in the grand final by Sydney. Ooh. So what's that mean for us? Not much. That's just the answer. Okay. So <laughs> yep. Nice. That was Great good. Um, yeah, real I good will say. Thing. I will say that it got me thinking a little bit because um, I said like that was a fairly simple answer to find because everything was so specific. But it, it got me wondering uh, if we could be more general and just say when was the last time or, or how often do any two consecutive teams on the ladder play each other in two consecutive rounds? Mm. Um, and I haven't got an answer yet, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. basically I, I I've got a plan, and so I'll I'll keep keep people on their toes. in In a couple of weeks' time, I'll hopefully have a nice little little piece of code written that's going to pull a bunch of data from from the AFL website and go back and and find that. So skin on. How do you write a piece of code? Uh, uh, Gabe's. I'm not sure if this is the podcast <laughs> for that. <laughs> <Straight> <laughs> yeah. podcast. Just in awe of the skin on top. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, no. Just going to write just, a bit of code, boys. You know, sweat, just in my day job, just in my lunch break, write a bit no, of code. No, there's just a few. Uh, there's a few coding languages you can code. use and you just, you just oh, do French, it. French, Spanish, what is it? Da Vinci. You just do The <laughs> <laughs> morph. Oh. Yeah, perfect. And you just, you do okay. You, find, you can find YouTube videos on it, basically, if you can. And, yeah, and you, can you, just, you just write some, you just write some if statements and some things and then you, you sort it out. should be right. So, yeah, look forward to that in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, um, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm baffled here. That's loose. That's some code. He's got yeah. the cheat code, Skinner. He got 100 on the weekend <laughs> as well. He actually genuinely write. does have the cheat codes. He's oh, going to yeah. come home and write a bit of code. <laughs> Write some codes to how you got your 104 on the weekend. Oh, Anyway, so moving on. I've still got two more points to get through. Long, long episode for skin stats. About the um, 45 minute mark here. So. Oh, all right. We'll press on. We'll press on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so next question was again another keen observation. Um, so to, we've we've already spoken about the last test match. So Australia made I think it was 170 in the first innings. Yeah, they did. Um, and then skittled England for 67, which led one of our listeners to ask what was, even though Australia didn't end up enforcing the following, no. um, that led them to ask what's the lowest total that a team has ever made in the first innings and then enforced a follow-on. So could have Australia, uh, Australia could have enforced a follow-on, is that what we're saying? You have to be ahead by yeah, 100 runs. 100 runs, I believe. Yeah, so they, cricket. Yeah, they 150 in first-grade cricket, just for everyone is playing it? at home. Mm. Uh, stiff. Um, anyways, certainly never enforced the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, so that, that was a good question. Um, and I yeah, went back and had a look through sort of pretty much every test match ever where there was a follow-on. Um, and the answer is... Baz has just got another hand pass. <laughs> punch the mic, drop the shoulder into the mic. Yeah, Adam swinging right. right Adam. <laughs> swinging right. So no one on the end of it. Carry on. Uh, yeah, but um, so the, the answer is 269 is the lowest the lowest first innings total that anyone's ever enforced to follow on with. It That's was it. It's not that low. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I was surprised by that as well. Um, so I think it was back in... 50-something, I can find out for you exactly. Um, the but, the, but basically so it was England set 269 against New Zealand. Yeah, 1958. And then skittled them for 47, enforced a follow-on and skittled them again for 74. So it's pretty comfortable. Oh, That's one of those easy dubs. I stumbled across a couple fun facts uh, looking into this one. The new segment, Skittles Fun Facts. <laughs> it's better than this. <laughs> they've, um, they've only, they've only. I was, I was, I was interested to, to find out that there've only been three Test matches ever where a team's enforced a follow-on and then lost. Really? Yeah, yeah, only three ever. Australia was one. You wouldn't want yeah, against India. In India, I remember I was young. Rahul Dravid and Rahul, VVS Rahul Lach- and VVS Laxman. <laughs> Laxman hit the wall. Oh, yeah, absolutely blitzed us. Laxman hit 280 odd. That is quite yeah, an innings. That's a, yeah, that's a few. That's and then, um, and then I also found found another game from early 19th century where England enforced a follow-on. They set they set like 900 runs in the first <coughs> innings. 900. Some, yeah, yeah, they had one bloke hit 346, and then two other blokes hit 150 odd each. Uh, Even reckon I'm getting day day out. <laughs> Ricky Ponting <laughs> cricket 2004. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Day in the day that's right. 900. Yeah. That I is stress D-A fraction yeah. park these that days. If you're getting 900 oh. scored against you, you'd have to bowl yeah, 82 overs. Park. Park. <laughs> that's no, a tough. Thanks. Time. What's your next one, um, Skin? Yeah, and finally, back to the AFL. Had someone was wondering who about the the best and worst goal kicking accuracy in the AFL. Mm. Um, so they wanted the best and worst player and the best and worst teams. I see a couple of the names on your list and they look awfully familiar for all being in my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, so wait up with it. Let me I'll start with the I'll start with the best best goal kicker in the comp. Um so Jeremy there were Cameron. there were plenty of sorry. Jeremy Cameron won the Coleman. Is he is that answer it? No. No, that's that's the most goals. Yeah, yeah. Nice goals. So you kick sixty-seven snags, but I, I don't know. Not what the best is. accuracy. Not yeah, not okay. at any, not a particularly impressive accuracy. Oh, I'm probably sure he's not struggling, but not up there with. He's getting some service into the fifty then. <laughs> plenty of marks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, skin on. Anyway, so yeah, so the best. There were plenty of obviously there were plenty of people with a hundred percent accuracy. Plenty of plenty of Gibbons played one game, kicked one goal from one shot. Um, so that was nice. So I, I wanted to sort of ignore those people. So I threw in a little criteria of I, I only wanted to look at people with more than more than twenty goals for the season. So you wrote some code. Yeah, wrote I, a did criteria no, I didn't code. have to write a bit of code. I just had to write I some just code on it. Spent ten minutes. Pull it out of the website. Get out of here, you pair of games. I just spent so ten criteria sheets. No, I spent ten minutes looking through the list for people that have kicked more than twenty goals and who had the best bloody. Uh, accuracy and the answer is yep 
Harry Himmelberg oh. from GWS kicked 35 snags from 46 shots at 76.1%. Is that just this year? Yep. That's a good effort, actually. Yeah. Closely followed by Mitch Duncan and Anthony McDonald tipping Woody. Oh, that is, yeah. He's and a, a sneak freak. Kid. He actually is a freak. Yeah. Don't, every time he has a set shot at goal, BT just says, he doesn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't miss. <laughs> he doesn't miss. <laughs> <laughs> one time he missed. So that ruined that. But yeah. Well, he doesn't That's miss it often. He's kicking it like 74% or yeah, whatever well, it was. Cool. Um, and, and I wanted to throw in an honourable mention to one bloke that had, had a 100% efficiency with more than one goal for the season. Big, uh, I think it was Darcy Ford. Kicked. Darcy Fogarty, would it be? Uh, well, I've written Darcy Fogarty here, which is what you're reading, but I'm pretty sure I've written the wrong name and it was Darcy Ford from, Excellent. from Geelong. Yeah, da- oh, well, Darcy Fogarty does not play for Geelong. So. Yeah, no. Yeah. Kicked five goals from five shots. Darcy so, Ford, did he really? Yeah. He was our second ruckman for a while there <laughs> in fantasy. Yeah, he was on the bench in my fantasy team for a long <laughs> time. Had him on the field, five snaps. Yeah. Um, and then, anyways, so moving on, well, who was who was the worst goal kicker? This was this was annoying because it had it had data on everyone, like people that have only played NFL games that haven't had an AFL game. So everyone that's kicked zero goals was in there, and I had to go through and click on everyone and see how many set shots they've had and work it out. It was a pain in the ass. Overworked um, so, on the page. Yeah, no. exactly. So initially I, initially I wanted to have a, a like a, a criteria thing and say you had to kick at least one goal for the season and, and it was Mark Hutchings from the West Coast with one goal or something from seven shots with a, a pretty abysmal um, efficiency. But then I, I spent a bit of time going through clicking on everyone else and found that Zach Clark... Yeah. And Jack Redden had kicked zero goals from six set shots. And Stewart, Tom Stewart. Wow. And Tom Stewart, Tom Stewart's had five shots. Zero from five. Zero goals. Stewie. <laughs> Jeez. Get back in the uh, defensive half. <laughs> make the All-Australian team, Tom Stewart. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, he did. Zero from five. Not through his goal kicking. No. <laughs> Some players yeah, he does play half back to be fair. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah, no, still they generally kick quite straight. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the AFL, long, long to the wing, mate. Long to the wing. Surely, if you're in the AFL, you want to go. Radigalier up there to catch it. Radisava, Radigalier. Oh shit. Anyways, moving on. We'll finish off with the best and worst teams. Um, so the most accurate team for the season was West Coast kicking 282 snags from 595 shots at 51.6%. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, not a bad effort. That's clinical. Mm. Um, and the worst was St Kilda kicking 233 from 547 at 42.6%. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So not ideal. And St Kilda, well, that probably reflects where they finished, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, a sneaky shout-out to the our, our team, the Brisbane Lions, were, on. were fourth with 288 goals from 601 at 47.9. That's because we have Eric Hipwood potting the absolutely impossible the ones. Eric <laughs> He yeah. pots the impossible ones from the pocket. Yeah. And pots <laughs> uh, straight in front. Yeah, pots yeah. anything, man. Yeah. He absolutely snags them. Well, he does snag him. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's probably a probably a small thanks to Charlie Cameron kicked 44, 54 from 97 at 55.7%. Does that include shots on the run? He has not 97 set shots, does he? No, no, that's shots on goal. Okay, yeah, shots on, on goal. Yeah. And he takes some tough shots on goal, Ooh, in yeah. fairness. Yep. <laughs> Skinner, that's... Um, right. that's Brilliant, Skinner. Yeah, that's yeah. magnificent. Brilliant code, right? Yeah. Magnificent from you, Skinner. Thanks. Thanks for chiming in with a few bands there. Keep it... 
keeping it going. I couldn't do it by myself either. That's all right, Skinner. That's what I'm here for, I guess. Well, you, you probably could because we ain't writing any code. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't write code or criteria sheets. You probably right there, buddy. Boys, I'm going to run through this NRL issue uh, very, very quickly. Um, and the NRL issue that I'm going to talk about is the Newcastle Knights. What's going on, boys, with the Newcastle Knights? Absolute debacle down there. Um, and used to be, obviously, grew up with the Johns twins and, and such a successful, Danny Badir is such a successful sort of enterprise. Kurt um, Gidley. Kurt Gidley, what a man. Uh, fittest person they ever played NRL, apparently, according to Matt Johns. What? what? Mm, I know, loose. Um, but, yeah, but the Nathan Brown boys, said, obviously, they came out last week and said Nathan Brown will be gone by the end of the season right? the, 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 that was it that there was no longer going to work and they part in ways uh, then obviously they've gone out on the weekend and been obliterated Skinner I think he had the score in front of you there what did they get they got Pogo uh, by the Tigers yeah it was yeah. a serious Pogo 46-4 four, four. Brad Russell was tuned 46-4 yeah, straight up on the Instagram story that's right never misses 46-4 um, so they've been absolutely Pogo they looked like they got obliterated Callum Ponga was having a strawberry thick shake um, that was all he would give us in the media. Uh, so no one really knows whether they like Nathan Brown or what was going on, but uh, Nathan Brown then come out over the weekend, came out probably uh, over the weekend um, and said sort of, well, look, boys, I'm happy to leave. Obviously, I'm not going to be coaching next season, so I may as well just sort of you know, resign immediately, effective immediately. Uh, Newcastle said, no, thanks. We're not, we're not paying you out, so you can stay until the end of the season until your contract finishes. Uh, but then they've come out today and decided that they do now accept the resignation. And so he's gone, effective immediately, and the assistant coach is now taking over. So what the heck is going on? Like That's surely got to be one of the biggest bottlings of how to handle a coaching <laughs> situation that I've ever seen. Yeah, that's up there. That is not how to do it. Who's the Knights CEO? Philip, Philip, someone, Philip, Gar- Philip Gardner. Potentially should do that as a job <laughs> instead of being a CEO. <laughs> Philip Gardner, what is he Stick doing? He's in an absolute meltdown there. Um, so that's NRL, boys. That's uh, that's where we're at. And the reason that we're probably leaving it there is because we do have to give the AFL wrap. We're already 56 minutes in here, so yeah, it's looking like well a long in, episode. We? Well in, boys. Um, so that's fine. But uh, we will get through the NRL. Obviously, they've got their last round coming up this weekend and then we'll speak about the final structure on our next podcast uh, but we do need to get to obviously the AFL rap that was out of bounds that was out, that was out of bounds that was out of bounds and boys um, a couple of the we, we actually mentioned the all Australian team um, Australian team was a 40-man squad that's been named, obviously, after the final round there. Are we happy with the All-Australian squad? Were there any uh, surprises for you? We've watched a lot of footy this year, obviously. A couple of probably... uh, I know that I've read on Instagram that there's a few Essendon supporters that feel a bit hard done by with no Zach Merritt, no Saad um, sort of in that squad. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it it is a 40-man squad, so it's quite a big squad, but... um, has a lot of people that you could pick. Yes. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um I don't know, I'm not I'm not yeah, I'm not that baffled that they've missed out, I guess. There's there's plenty of plenty of people that to be picking there. Especially midfielders like yeah, for merit. Exactly. I mean there's so many midfielders like uh, there's 
obviously like injuries sort of ruled out Coniglio and yeah. midfield, but yeah, like they're correct. two that aren't even in the squad. Uh, you know the old Rory Sloan Rangers not in there. Like there's some there's some <laughs> guns, the Crouch brothers aren't. In. There's some Jedi midfielders that that aren't in. So I think and people at every club would probably feel, you know, they they could feel stiff about their players or their midfielders not being named in it. Yeah, and watching what Essendon were bloody tough to watch at times this season because like Zach Merritt would would be a Jedi of a midfielder at at times and put on a clinic and. I guess and then look like the best team in the comp, and then there were definitely other games where everyone sort of went missing and mm. got towed up. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I yeah. feel like you would have to be pretty consistent for the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Boys, I'm probably a bit baffled about the Tim Taranto to Ranch uh, yeah. and Lockie Whitfield omission. I yeah. believe. Yeah, you're baffled there. Definitely Whitfield baffled. Like you got injury a, related, yeah. but he didn't miss that much of the season. When he did play, he was a gun, wasn't he? He played. He's played enough to be in the forty. This is a forty-man squad. Remember, this is yeah, a, this is not a final twenty-two. Yeah, it's weird. Like James Cecilia's in uh, it as well, and I thought this was probably his worst. No, year. Jack Crisp. No, Jack Crisp, who was far better. You'd have to say than and Cecilia. Yeah, I know you, just, you touched on Adelaide. Like no, Brad Crouch for mine was. Or is he in? No, he's not in. Yeah, I think that's that's broke for mine. Yeah. Mainly because he was very handy in my fantasy <laughs> victory. Yeah, well, if it was but named based on your fantasy, <laughs> which you haven't got to yet, then there'd be a few boys in there. <laughs> sure. That had done the job for you. Yeah, I guess I guess the argument comes from maybe a couple of the guys, like your Blixarves and your Hugh McCluggage making the, the All-Australian, but, I mean, we're not selectors. We don't know exactly what they go off. Uh, the I mean, we know I that Hugh, Hugh's had a huge impact this year for the actual the way the Lions play their brand of footy. I think I also with, with someone like... <laughs> buzzword. <laughs> also, um, you're the king of it. Um, <laughs> also with someone like McCluggage, is he's actually like a genuine winger. So I don't know if maybe they've gone down the Different road of role. picking someone yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that just plays on the wing. Um, but uh, like I know that McCluggage and Taranto mm. were drafted in the same year and then Again, very difficult to take away from Taranto's season. But, again, he's he's sort of in that midfield group where, you know, there's a 10 or 12 people that are, that would yeah. probably feel like they were stiff not to be in there. Or exactly. certainly, you know, but, th- but there are obviously some guns. Like every person that's on that list, you would, you would say, has had a, a very good year. And they do tend to reward teams that have obviously gone well. Um, you know, so we've got, like, the list of you know, the, the unluckiest Person to miss out on selection, I guess. We've mentioned quite a few of these names. Merritt, Whitfield, Coniglio, Bradley Hill, Robbie Tarrant, uh, Tom Lynch from Richmond. That's fine with him not getting picked. Uh, mm. And Jake Lloyd, who's obviously been a Jet for quite oh. a number of years now as well. So, uh, A lot of good yeah. players. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Very good that, um, boys, we got five, five of our little lines into the 40-man squad. And yeah. I think that, well... I mean, Harris Andrews, sorry, he's got to be a lock for the 22, I would have thought, his year. And then, obviously, Lockie Neal, Dan Zorko. Very high chance of making it, which would be pretty cool for the the club on top of a a good year. So Adelaide's only player that got picked was Daniel Talia. Surely he has to be goalkeeper. (laughs) 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 Moving anywhere, is he? Fourth. Yeah, I was surprised by that. Yeah, no, interesting. Um, Base, do you want to give us then a bit of a wrap on the final setup? Then how is our eight finished up? So we obviously have a week off this week. Final starting the week after. Um, Cats on top, Lions second, Richmond third. So the Lions come up against uh, the Tigers back up at the Gabbatoir this uh, 
following weeks as a first week of finals. So obviously different gravy playing it at the Gabba. Um, very exciting. A bit of controversy around Geelong not being able to play their own um, home ground. Obviously winning the minor premiership. That's, that's probably definitely fair enough for mine. They're playing at the G, which is obviously a ground they know quite well. But I think, yeah. Chris Scott not happy with that, is he? Would be, it would be uh, very fair to be... Th- to, yeah, for them to not to be happy about the fact that they they win the they win the minor premiership and they can't even play a home final, mm. um, and not to mention they're versing Collingwood, who are very they've very played a lot at the MCG. Too. Very very what? good at the MCG. Yeah. What skin are, are you with us here? No, not at all. So Geelong have finished first. Yeah. Oh no, I mean I'm understanding, but this is the first I've heard of it. Why yeah. are they not allowed to play at their own ground? No one's really, really sure. Know. I think it's more to do with the fact that they can get a lot more people in yeah. the MCG. Melbourne so teams, Melbourne, Melbourne teams, but well, like Geelong's the road, so they can out of Melbourne. Out. Yeah, but they are good. Like Geelong fans will still drive to go watch yeah, their team, yeah. so they're going to probably so we'll they're going to get a lot related. more numbers. Like I'm not sure exactly how much Geelong's uh, stadium seats, but it's obviously going to be inferior to how many people they can pack yeah. into the MCG. It would be a money making thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I'd be blown up about that too. So that's exciting. the The elimination finals, boys, is uh, West Coast Essendon um, on the Thursday night, and then the Giants Bulldogs. Saturday night, so that's actually an interesting one. I'm actually looking forward to, to watching that with the Giants coming off three wins on the trot coming into finals. Uh, sorry, not the Giants, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, and then they got themselves into seventh, and the Giants have only won one out of the last three um, and have, have been known to kind of had a bit of an up and down couple of months. So uh, that I think will be a really exciting game. So, uh, exciting times, boys. Lions are in. How good? Lions in. Yeah, and home final it. as well. So, against oh, Richmond. Oh, we tickets so, so, uh, Yeah, well, we, with our three-game membership uh, situation, I think that puts us a little bit back in the pecking order in terms of access to finals tickets. But if they're still available, we'll be jumping on board. Absolutely. Yeah, if they're not available, we might um, just go sit up out the front and take a little recorder <laughs> and hold up a sign that says, Lockie Neal for president. <laughs> Change our mind. <laughs> Generate some discussion. Yeah, it would be better than Trump. Sure. President of <laughs> Australia. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should have one. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Baz. That's uh, that's magnificent, boys. Um, this is a segment we haven't got to do for a little bit, boys, but uh, always exciting when we do get to do it. There's no question about that. Actually gets me up and about that. It's good singing. Jesse McCarty. Brony. Brony, very handy. So cool. And then the background track. Yeah, the background vocal is impressive too. Harmonies. Harmonies on the song. That's what I do. Um, Boys, social (laughs) simbid. We've we've been away for a little bit with this, but geez, we've got some belters to get through here. Uh, let me start um, All of them are actually probably people that are a bit more common No, that's not true uh, But there is a few people that are probably more mainstream And that and the people will be aware of That we're going to put in the social sim bin here We're doing some high profile social sim binning Sheesh. Mm. So get ready Big, big week uh, Boys, we put up on Instagram this one already But it needs to be mentioned on the podcast as well uh, Charlie Cameron kicked five goals Two in the win The Lions win over the Geelong Cats Chris Scott was asked how his game was after the game. He said, I don't really feel like he had an influence on the game. That's my takeaway from it. Mm. Yeah, we're right. Just 30 well, points, uh, thank Chris. Yeah. 
<laughs> just your 30 points, mate. <laughs> he's contributed 30 points to the score. Aside from that, uh, yeah, <laughs> barely played, I guess. Yeah, uh, he was electric to Charlie Cameron. Like, he would literally the difference, the, the fact that he can kick goals from from yeah. nothing. Yeah, like, it's just goals. crazy. Like, obviously, he doesn't get a huge amount of the ball. That's fine. But when yeah. he gets it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we've already spoken about that tonight, about the crazy comments. I think Chris Scott was in denial there. And for that reason... Um, He's going to go in the social simbin. Thanks, Baze. Put him in there. Perfect. Uh, boys, then we have um, Fitzy from... And we were tagged in this plenty of times. I haven't got his full name here. Used to play for the Wallabies, or ex-Wallabies player. Yeah, right. Um, wears like the bandana and stuff. Uh, he's come out, obviously, in the aftermath of Steve Smith being hit with that short ball from Joffre Archer. Uh, and he has said that cricket now needs to ban bounces, effective immediately that they most certainly should be banned uh, because obviously like in other sports like NRL and AFL, uh, things like that, you know, you're not, you're obviously not Peter Fitzsimmons. That's who he is. Yeah. Sorry. Just come back to me. Um, Peter Fitzsimmons, come back to me once Mitch put it on the screen. He said that obviously we should ban bouncers because in AFL and NRL and stuff, you're not allowed to attack the head. So why should you be in cricket either? Um, which I, boys, I don't know what you think. I think it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> we should also ban punches in boxing, I think. You shouldn't be allowed to punch in the head. Um, <laughs> and certainly headers in soccer, are, they're out as well. There's <laughs> no chance that we can allow those. So I think he's really on to something. It's good. That will hardly change the fabric of the game at all. Yeah, no, it should be great to watch. Yeah, That's no. cricket. No words, just 10. <laughs> ten. <laughs> just 10. That's 10. What about poor old Joffre Archer? He'd get one. Get his one test match or two yeah, test matches, right. he's done. Hey, mate, you can't bowl any answers. Oh, great. And you dropped. Yeah. <laughs> and off to uni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, boys, this one's a bit of a blast from the past, but um, the Adam Goods documentary, um, I was sort of doing some reading because that's obviously been in the news recently. Um, so I, I wanted to wind this back because I don't know if this got enough attention at the time. It was years ago, but obviously We Got the Chocks wasn't around, so we need to make sure that we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading about the, the Adam Goods documentary which has been released, which apparently is, is a great thing for everyone to see. They want to show it in schools and stuff like that. Uh, being honest, I still haven't got around to watching it yet, but uh, but I will. Uh, but, but what I wanted to highlight was that the... Remember like the girl that abused him, like the little girl that you know gave him the... Uh, the racial abuse, and he sort of pointed out in the crowd and said, yeah, "That's yeah. what she said." Right? There was it was a quote from that mother at the time, which I, th- I find absolutely baffling. Um, she says, "Adam Good should have to apologise for the fact that he pointed out my daughter in the crowd. She had only turned thirteen five days before. She was te- technically still twelve. Can what? someone explain that to me? How?" If what? you turn 13 five days before, you're not technically still 12. You're yeah, technically no, be, still 13. Yeah, I'd be interested to know yeah, with yeah. this, <laughs> this technique yeah, that she's talking what about. technique is that? <laughs> you, you're genuinely 13. You're 13. You don't yeah. say, how old am I? 13. Oh, but I'm probably 12 because you know, I've only turned it 42 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Ludicrous comment. 42, technically 20. Yeah, no, we could, um, she can go straight in the mid. In that case, I'm taking years off the clock. <laughs> what did you do that for, Lee? Uh, well, you know, I'm 29, but I've actually only recently turned it, so technically I'm 21, so, <laughs> so no, that's smart. <laughs> Give us a chance. <laughs> In fact, say sorry, please. I'm demanding apology. Yeah. Apologies, please. Um, boys, then we're, uh, then we're also 
putting in one of our mates. I'm actually into the bin here. First time we've ever had to do this, but um, he deserves it badly. He's a massive Richmond supporter, which I'm fine with. They were impressive and probably I think they're you know, favourites to go on and win the premiership now, which is not a surprise. They're playing unbelievable footy. Um, so he's a huge Richmond supporter. But obviously Lockie Neal's performance on the weekend, he racked 51 touches. Yeah. 51. Out of it. Yep. Taylor direct quote. He says, uh, I didn't notice him about Lockie Neal. <laughs> now, I'm fine with him saying mm. he wasn't that influential. You know, there were players on the ground that touched it less and had a bigger impact on the game. He wouldn't get the three votes. That's that's fine. That's all yeah. reasonable comments. But when a bloke's touched it 51 times, I think he's got the ball for 50% of the game. Mm. You're yeah, definitely noticing him. He's on your TV screen at yeah. some point. Well, yeah, if you haven't noticed him, you're probably not watching the game. If you haven't noticed <laughs> him, you're genuinely looking at yeah. your phone too much. <laughs> so just, you, you are noticing him. You're <laughs> noticing him. Yeah. He was everywhere. Every time that the Ruckman touched it, it was in his hands <laughs> straight <laughs> after it bounced. So I think you would have noticed him a couple of times. Uh, and then the boys, the last one is again a high-profile one. Um this one goes to Kane Corns, who actually I think goes into the media in an attempt to like just make people angry at him. I think he wants to be the media's most hated person. Um, the boys, he made headlines yesterday because obviously it's not uncommon even at our, you know, club cricket or club football. I'm sure we'll do a silly Sunday type of operation um, at the end of the at the end of the season. Um, so obviously all AFL teams or rugby league teams it's quite common to go these Mad Mondays right and Mad Monday as a as has been done I don't know why or who started it but it's uh, it's happened for a serious amount of time that people dress up and, and they actually spend quite a bit of time making like thinking about who they're going to come as and a lot of the time like cricketers do it and stuff as well they can come in like you know, as a duo or three of them might dress up as a group or whatever it might be so yeah. people can get creative and it looks very fun to actually go uh, on a Mad Monday. Kane Corns comes out and says, can someone tell Gold Coast Suns that they won three games and lost 18 in a row? Right, because obviously a couple of players tweeted the fact that they were dressed up and they were enjoying their Mad Monday. Right. So Kane, honestly, like, sure, they weren't great. They weren't the best team. But they've trained for probably like nine months <laughs> not been able to obviously <laughs> celebrate ridiculously. Yeah, They're certainly not able to eat any food that's bad for them. Yeah. They have to get full hours sleep. They have to go to bed at a reasonable time. They train ridiculous hours. They fly across the country. Uh, they did the same amount of preseason as the teams that are good. Right? They just don't have the same players. They yeah. can go out and get dressed up, mate. It's not a big deal. Probably give the boys an RDO, I would think. The worst thing is that he goes, yeah, like, I don't mind them having a bit of a celebration, but I just don't like the dress-ups. How does that make any sense? What? Celebrating, like, dressing up and celebrating, they sometimes go hand in hand. It's fine, man. It yeah, doesn't right. matter. It doesn't affect you if they dress up or not. Maybe Kane should publish a little dress code for the next Mad Monday. That'd be good, actually. Can just tell us, button-up shirts. <laughs> get us in. Must have laces. <laughs> like it. Brilliant. Um, and that is the social simbin for the week, boys. Uh, which leads us on to our big piece of news. Now, obviously, uh, we have spent a ridiculous amount of time on this particular podcast talking about AFL Fantasy, writing songs about AFL Fantasy. You've noticed that we haven't spoken much about it over the last couple of weeks because me and Mitch stink on ice. Um, yep. 
But we have someone at the table who is a very, very good AFL fantasy player. I don't know if we said very, very good, but certainly in our group, uh, the league that we started, he is the winner, in fact, aren't you guys? Thank you, boys. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, boys, had a win in the league in uh, the Redlands Tigers League, beat Cameron French convincingly, convincingly. Uh, after he maybe got his drink spiked or someone and decided to drop the best ruckman in the comp um, <laughs> that Max for Gorn. me. Thanks, uh, thanks Frenchy. Uh, Gorney went on to go 160 and basically give me the win. So very happy, boys. Uh, put in a great preseason. Um, so Mad Monday tomorrow, going to get the dress up. <laughs> going. Um, the Lion the Kings, boys. yeah, or the Lion King, the Lion King boys will be dressing up on Mad Monday, and then a couple of months <laughs> off, and then a few player review meetings. Um, but I'm happy with the contracted list at the moment. Uh, maybe a couple, couple of maybe recruits that we need to look at, and we'll start to look at that as a high performance unit. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for now the boys deserve a nice little rest and then we'll get back to pre-season training. <laughs> <laughs> Winning the Cowboys, oh, 20 years. Unbelievable. 20 years stint. Win, you are yeah, 20 years stint. It was you only are. the first year. That's, that's, that's a good first step. Honestly. Winning the league. That's, that's just the car. Because you were very ordinary last year. Yeah. And then no idea. Your turnaround is magnificent and that's, that's a real story of perseverance and just what you can do if you educate yourself and you yeah. spend some time on the tools. So yeah, that's right. I probably ran out of gas a little bit in the last five or six weeks, but when the kind of ranking doesn't really change too much. Yeah, Obviously yeah. the car or the hat or the coin wasn't really in sight. So on the line, was it? Yeah, so right. yeah that's um, right. No, that's a huge effort. Times. Well done. It's, it's great to see after sort of missing out on the finals of the Tigers <laughs> League last, last year to then come in and then just win it from nowhere. Fantastic. We're both really happy for you, aren't we, Skin? Yeah, very stoked, Gibbs. Yeah, no worries, Gibbs. Write us a bit of code. <laughs> get us the car. Yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true, actually. It's an algorithm <laughs> codes. Spit out something from the AFL fantasy site. That'd be yeah, ideal. Uh, and the last Let's piece of uh, <laughs> last piece of news there, boys, um, is that over the weekend, in fact, on Saturday night, I believe it was, uh, the <laughs> Boomers. The Sorry, this is just a long John Silver. Oh, <laughs> what, what are we at? <laughs> hour, hour sixteen. I don't think I can edit any of it either because we've actually talked the whole time. There's no big yeah, silence. Yeah, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. What's what's the last piece we've well, got? If anyone's still listening at this point, then <laughs> that's a good last effort. Two minutes anyway. Um, yeah. So, boys, we are the Australian basketball team, the Boomers. They recorded their first ever win over Team USA, beating them ninety-eight to ninety-four. First ever. How good? Yeah, right. It was the first for everything, eh? That was the first for everything. Um, first for beating the USA team. <laughs> Reserve team <laughs> Fourth grade team <laughs> Nah the boys The boomers are back mate Boomers are back Andrew uh, Bogut He had a great game He did yeah. and then Andrew 30, Gaze 30 points <laughs> Shaniel um, Boys had 30, 30 points from uh, The San Antonio Spurs guard Paddy Mills as oh, well Oh yeah Millsy Give us an effort Paddy Mills Brother Rob So That's a great <laughs> effort <laughs> Uh, we've lost that. it here. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Fantastic, guys. Um, well, thank you very much for being with us. If you are still with us, if you're not, then we understand because we've gone severely over time. We apologise about that. Uh, massive round of applause for Baisley on getting to his anatomy exam today. Um, yeah. On obviously uh, his fantasy win as well. 
Uh, we probably won't see him for the next couple of weeks because he starts prac as well. So there's big things happening. So thank you, Baz, for being with us for your uh, guest it, appearance again yeah, tonight. No worries at all. You knock go off the Lion Nando's. Kings. Knock off, go the Lion Kings. Thank knock you. off Nando's. Knock off Nando's. Skin on, thanks for another great segment. Skin stats uh, and for Love your it. efforts as well. Fantastic and well done on the 100 during the week. Thank you. Uh, lethal best wishes for your grand final coming up this weekend. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Uh, please continue to send through anything for the social simbin. We're loving getting those. Uh, we're loving your feedback about any stories that we get. So get hold of us on Facebook uh, at our email address, which is wegotthechocolates at gmail.com. We're on yeah. Twitter. We're on Instagram. Again, slide into our DMs there if you need to. Uh, and we will be with you again next week. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.